Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Qatar Grand Prix edition. Yes, we're back once again to review. I guess, well, we've only got two races to go after this one, so not many podcasts where we actually review races, which is going to make me very sad indeed, guys. Introducing alongside me in the virtual podcast room is of course tom bellingham otherwise known as the rock sensation look at that guitar in the background he's <laughs> removed his max cape and he's decided you know what guys i'm going to show you i can play guitar welcome wtf1 founder tom bellingham and katie fairman the wtf1 editor and some people seem to believe you are the actual editor of our youtube videos that's not quite how it works people even say oh i love the memes you put in this one katie you're the editor of the website and that is more than enough work for you you don't edit our videos as well do you I don't know. I think that would be too much work. I think I would actually combust if I also had to edit videos. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, we do have an amazing editing team of Benji and Aiden and Serge who do the videos. They're fantastic at it. Yeah, I just do the words. You do the words, the reading. And you've hurt yeah, yourself. I just, Amazing. I just punch my desk in doing that. So great okay. start. Maybe you do want to edit. Maybe you're a bit raging. Tommy, how are you after Qatar, my friend? I'm good. I, I actually quite enjoyed the race. I saw a lot of people saying it was boring, but I don't think it was as bad as uh, we thought, maybe. Not the greatest race in the world, but pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty Lovely. good. Your two-word race review. I love it. Um, so before we dive into things, let me mention, I know we've mentioned it before, but I'm going to do it again. The WTF1 annual physical book. And sorry, the WTF1 author joins us as well. Katie Fairman, the first book of many, I'm sure, that she will write. Um, an amazing gift for Christmas. Uh, please do pre-order quick because uh, there are only a limited number of copies. And of course, once... Um, I think it's the, is it the 13th of December or something is the cutoff date before or something around there. You, you roll your eyes. Um, I don't think you can order it after the checkered flag falls in Abu Dhabi. I'm pretty there you sure. go. So something around then. So be sure to, to order it quickly. WTF1.com forward slash annual or the link in the description to get yours. Team WTF1, get an exclusive discount too. And welcome to our live watchers right now uh, over on Team WTF1 who are watching this Live, as you would imagine if I said live. Anyway, moving on. Three-word race reviews. Here we go. Rafita underscore DG11. L-Plan works. God Verjom. Silverstone 2020 vibes. And Ollie underscore Oi underscore Oi. Past, present, future. That's a nice mix of beautiful words there, I have to say. Uh, L-Plan, a bit of Fernando Alonso. I love how it's Silverstone 2020 vibes because, of course, we did have a few punctures. But when I did IBR, Internet Special Reactions, and I said, oh, it reminds me of Silverstone from like ages ago. People thought that I'd just had sort of short-term memory loss when in reality, I think it was 2013 where tyres just blew up all the time at the end of the race. Wasn't that right? Yeah, we've been watching that long because my first thought was 2013 as well. But yeah, the the dist- it was only like say last last year at Silverstone we had something similar. Yeah, so we're boomers basically. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> as you've got the microphone, hit us with your three word race review. My three word race review is momentum with Mercedes. Don't know why Ooh, I said wow, it like didn't, that. Well, I, I pressed the <laughs> button of sexy voice for Tom Bellion. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean after Mexico, it certainly felt like Mercedes had no answer for Red Bull. I think we all said on this podcast that we thought Max, well, you said Max was tied already. And I think we all said that we thought Max was probably going to win the championship. Not sure if we all agree with that now. Um, I'll ask that later. But it was an interesting question after Brazil that I think Sky asked Jensen Button where they said, would you rather be Verstappen with the 14-point lead or Hamilton with that best package? And Button was like, 100% you want the lead. 
However, now Hamilton again, you know, he's got the uh, the Brazil spec engine still to be put in that car again for for Saudi. He's looking extremely quick. Gone, you know, the the Mercedes packages look amazing. Hamilton is back to his sort of unstoppable driving capabilities as well. And um, yeah, I think Hamilton might win. (laughs) What do you guys think? Well, I mean, as we've had throughout this entire season, we've changed our minds many, many times, as have the fans. Both drivers have been written off. Um, But yes, it does seem as though with this whole Brazil spec engine to come, which some people were, were caught out by. They thought that they had it in this weekend. No, they had the an old engine in this weekend. And the next two races will be the Brazil spec. So I remember Christian Horner was interviewed saying, oh, you know, it's their, their straight line speed is now kind of in line with ours. And we've kind of got what we wanted from, you know, requesting their rear wing to be tested, et cetera, et cetera. When in reality, it might just be the fact that they're not turning up the wick like they had in uh, in Brazil. So I, I look forward to some more comments from Red Bull and Christian Horner. But yes, eight points the gap, two races to go. We could legitimately go into Abu Dhabi level on points which i genuinely might explode over even abu dhabi would be exciting uh with that happening so, uh, yeah i think lewis hamilton certainly is looking the favorite yeah i mean i love firstly how toto is baiting christian Horner. i mean they've been doing it the whole season anyway but you know he said oh, we're bringing our spicy brazil engine they were his literal words he's taken the leaf out of my book throwing the word spicy into conversations but uh yeah hamilton had almost an anonymous weekend, like in terms of just getting that pole by a phenomenal margin. I think it's the biggest margin that we've had for qualifying in dry conditions. Um, And then Bottas also looked to be doing, you know, fairly okay until he then got the penalty for the flag infringement, which like you said, I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, And then his nightmare start and the puncture. Um, But yeah, going into Saudi, things do very much look like they could be in Mercedes' favour, but it changes... Every week, it changes every day. It changes every hour, like who this is going to go to. And I am very much enjoying the roller coaster of which driver is going to win this championship. Because as we've said so many times, it's been a long time coming for us to have such an exciting title fight, especially two drivers from opposite teams. Um, So, yeah, I might stick and still say Max, as you guys are both saying, Lewis, I'll stick to my original thought which was a few weeks ago that i think max will do it um but how Uh, go into that how do you think he's going to do it how's it going to unfold (sighs) i if i say things though i'm going to get absolutely (laughs) slaughtered online if you're allowed an opinion you're allowed an opinion we've been jinxing all year (laughs) yeah exactly i think (laughs) just yeah just looking at the season and the way it's unfolded max has come out on top on a lot of occasions where we thought maybe Mercedes were going to be the better package and Max has, you know, changed our our thoughts and ripped up the rule book. So yeah, who who knows? I mean, we're going to Jeddah next. And that's obviously a street circuit and Red Bull haven't done too badly around street circuits, looking at Monaco, looking at Baku. Um, but obviously the street circuit's a little bit different because it's going to be exceptionally fast, which should in theory favor the Mercedes. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to sit Amazing. here and watch fact, it all on. The fact that we don't know, though, and we're changing our opinion constantly is just, is amazing. Yes, it, it just shows what an amazing season and how unpredictable it is. We are. Love to see it. 
We are in the moment right now. Yeah. Soak it up, everybody. Don't just I argue don't want on the Twitter. Season to end. <laughs> I know. We're like, don't want us to. Uh, I remember we made a video a few months ago about, oh, F1 should have less races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm also like, I want a million. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, yeah. where, as soon as you get to the three month off season, you're like, okay, maybe I could have a few more. But either way, let's move on to some questions. At Rishnu Rag Hunat 8, do you think since Jeddah is a street circuit and Red Bulls are usually better at street circuits, it's almost like this is Katie's account and the walls being so close, it would be a close battle, even even though Mercedes would have a better pace. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like the, the question changed halfway through, but um, with it being a street circuit and obviously it being a power circuit by the looks of things, you'd have to imagine Mercedes are going to be the quicker going into this. But with it being a brand new circuit and clearly, you know, when you look at the onboards, mistakes will be punished. That, you know, it's a, it's a case of learning the track as well as being absolutely on it because, you know, it, Lewis isn't exactly a young man either. You know, Max Verstappen has age on his side in terms of sort of adapting to, to new things, but either or, uh, it, it it's difficult to say. I think Lewis will certainly have the upper hand of Mercedes. If anything, Mercedes looked likely to get a one-two here, uh, to be honest, if you're thinking about, um, you know, the pace that they've had recently, although Bottas, you know, we'll, we'll talk about his performance, I'm sure. But it's difficult. It's a difficult one. We haven't been there before. It's all on, you know, on paper. But when has paper been right this season? Exactly. Like you say, it's going to be the second longest circuit on the calendar. The fastest street circuit that we've ever been to. Got more corners than anywhere on the calendar. Um, so, yeah, in some ways, pretty much repeating my last point, like there is advantages for, you know, the Red Bulls and Ferraris. They might do well in Saudi, um, but I wouldn't want to discount Lewis Hamilton and that Mercedes, especially if they're bringing these that Brazil engine, and we saw what an incredible job Lewis managed to do with that behind him. So uh, it's it's all speculation, isn't it? We're not really going to know what's going on until we actually get there and see a couple of practice sessions, and even then, everything can change. So in in, in summary, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I, I love that. This is just yeah. the running theme of the podcast. Actually, there's a, a fact. What well, I think it's a fact. I saw it on Twitter, so it might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's right. That every time Verstappen hasn't had some sort of damage or been DNF'd, he's finished second or above. Yeah, I was so going to say that. As I've well. just been like, oh yeah, Mercedes won two, but also McLaren are the only team to get a one-two this year. Still, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. We uh, yeah. Had a one-two. Own, yeah. Verstappen. Uh, the only race that Verstappen scored a point in that wasn't, yeah, yeah, the only time he's finished the race, it doesn't really count because it's Hungary when he was had half, half a car. car, as they called yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, with with Jeddah, it does seem like it's more of a a Monza than Monaco, doesn't it? From what we've seen, that being it's this insanely <laughs> insanely quick track, it looks absolutely insane from the formula one game that it's just the theory of if there's no silly slow speed corners that's how you follow each other and it's just going to be drs mcgee um <laughs> but technical, technical term. term yeah, yeah. technical <laughs> term uh, another thing is the the drs issue that red bull keep having they really don't want to have that at saudi because uh if you saw from the the replays the drs was like almost looked like it was folding in on itself uh, when they were using that uh, low downforce setup and then they had to revert back to a high downforce rear wing because they were worried that it was going to break. 
And if they do that in Saudi, they're going to be horrendous because that is surely Monza, you'd think, would be Monza spec. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But like you say, we don't know because the season is so unpredictable and exciting. We've had six, seven, six, seven years where we could just go, what do you think is going to happen? Mercedes won too. <laughs> um, and it's been very easy. Verstappen will finish third. Uh, then it will be, but, but this year, because it's been so unpredictable, it really is just, it just changes every single race. And that is what is brilliant about this season. You love Absolutely. to see it. We do. We do love to see it. And, you know, everyone, like, oh, why don't you know? Because no <laughs> one does. No one does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, next question. Hello, Traverse. Is it right that Red Bull can basically order another team, Alpha Tauri and Gasly, to let Verstappen through? It's artificial and terrible for racing. I mean, it's, it's their team. And, you know, if if it wasn't done that way, it would be done another way. And that's how Formula One unfortunately works. Of course, with Alpha Tauri being the second Red Bull team, they tried to make it not as obvious uh, by, oh, Gasly made an ill error at the final corner. Whether he actually made an error, I don't I don't know. But um, in terms of going down the straight, he turned his DRS off. So he was never trying to keep Verstappen behind or Perez for that matter. So yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's, it is what it is, basically. You can't really do much about it. They, they will always have um, some sort of power over their second team. I think this has been blown up far too, like, far too massively. I mean, for me, there's no way Gasly is making a mistake on purpose and going off onto the runoff, uh, onto those curbs when it literally obliterated his front wing <laughs> yeah. in qualifying. Yes, uh, I think if he hadn't made the mistake, he probably, yeah, would have done exactly the same thing. Uh, just let Max go by. Um, equally, I, everyone, I feel like there's a lot of people like losing it over this. And Alonso did exactly the same. He didn't defend at all. Is Alonso like the second uh, Red Bull team? No, it's just, it's not their race. Equally, if George Russell was in a Williams and Hamilton was coming through, he's not going to fight him because he's not in the same race as him. That is how Formula One works my only thing with alpha tauri is until they do something absolutely ridiculous like block hamilton when he's being lapped or do some dodgy tactics then you've got the right to complain about them but they are genuine yes they are red bull second team but they are still doing their race you know they're they're, they're trying, trying to qualify the best well, they can they? They, they were literally on the front row of the grid i, I know it's extreme circumstances but you know they're not they're not just going oh actually we need to qualify as low down as we can because we don't want to hinder red bull in any way well they knocked um, out perez in q2 didn't they with their soft tire runs exactly so, it's, so it's not like they're not they're not completely sacrificing their entire races like people seem to think and this whole like alpha towery thing seems to happen until until you know this start it starts getting questionable like that um I don't think we have to worry about anything Alpha Tauri do. I don't think they're doing anything wrong, personally. No, I think like Alpha Tauri are their own team. Yes, there might be scenarios where having an additional two cars that are part of a sister team might benefit you, but they're not just on the grid to help cause drama for Mercedes. Um, 
you know, this situation of sister we'll, we'll teams see what has happens been in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> yeah. don't we? Yeah, that's, that's... No. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've been like that for years. Like Red Bull joined F1 in 2005, Toro Rosso joined in 2006, which is obviously rebranded to become Alpha Tauri. Um, they've been in this sport for a long, long time. And in that time, you know, Red Bull have won championships and things like that. It's just, I think it was just a case of people were surprised maybe that Gasly was ahead. And like you say, I'm sure in time, it makes logical sense to let Verstappen through. Like Helmut Marco isn't exactly going to be like, you know, Pierre Gasly, you hold him up, babe. That'd be a really great idea. Like he's obviously going to... I love Helmut Marco I'm, to I'm, say I'm sure that's exactly Gasly, how, he, yeah. how he speaks to Pierre. There's a lot of team um, principals say babe, according to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> when Katie's doing her uh, babe and hun. Do, ba- babe and hun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... It just, it is what it is. And Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the phrase of the question. It, it is, is what, what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I guess the question as well is like, it's artificial and terrible for racing. Like, as Tommy suggested, it's not like they're pulling over to one side and basically stop it. Well, actually, to be fair, he did stop on the pit straight and gave Bottas a penalty, but also gave Verstappen a penalty. Yeah, there's no kind of crazy things going on just yet. Uh, running waffles. Will this title go down to the fastest lap point? How do you feel about that? I do enjoy the strategic racing that fastest lap adds, but wouldn't be too sure on having the title decided by it. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love the drama. I'd love it if no. Hamilton and Verstappen no. are off going, and it's, and it's between Bottas and Perez to sort out who wins the title. That would be hilarious. But in an actual racing standpoint, it'd be <laughs> terrible. But this is part of the championship. It's not like the fastest lap point has been introduced for Abu Dhabi and Abu Dhabi alone. Like this is, this is you know, it's 23 points over the course of a season has been decided via the fastest lap. So for me, obviously it would be a bit of a shame because, you know, if Verstappen, you know, has done all he can, but Hamilton's too quick, but then, you know, Bottas taking the fastest lap away from him means that Hamilton wins the title. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I don't think I'd even touch Twitter, to be honest, uh, if that did happen. But uh, it's it's difficult because that is part of the championship and it is a point. But it actually being decided by it would be very anticlimactic. As someone that has covered Formula E season two, which was decided by a fastest lap point, I never, ever, ever want that to happen It was happen chaos again. though, wasn't it? It was, it was absolute horrendous. Chaos. The two championship contenders miraculously crashed at turn one. And yeah, then it was decided upon a fastest lap point. Not that I want that to be uh, repeated for Formula One. Was that one, still given but... out for the top 10 or was that anybody? Uh, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer to it off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking if they crashed, no, it was, they no, it, been was, in the top it 10. was it was anyone because yeah, yeah it, and then he was like, yeah, it was anyone yeah. because they they were both pitting constantly to get a clear track. Yeah, yeah. Degrassi that, had to retire. Yeah, yeah, Degrassi had to retire, and then it was down to Seb Boemi. But anyway, we're not. Here I wonder how that pan formulary. out though. I wonder how that pan out. <sighs> so like, if say Verstappen goes into Abu Dhabi, what? I mean, if we're thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Hamilton's probably going to be like a point behind, isn't he, or something? But then if he's a, if he wins and Verstappen finishes second in the next race, it won't matter about fastest lap because you'd imagine that the top three will, well, there's a big enough points gap that it wouldn't be decided via that unless something ridiculous happens in the race and they're in like ninth and tenth. Yeah, so that's it, the it, only it way. It shouldn't come could, down to it, but it shouldn't, but it could. And it's it why I really <laughs> don't like it. And, I've said since this moment it was introduced that it's problematic, literally because of what we saw in Formula E. And I agree that 
the whole season is what decides it. And, you know, you know already that whatever way it goes, in fact, I've I've seen it when I was going through these podcast questions. Some people were like, uh, clearly thinking if Max wins, they're like, it's wrong that uh, the title's going to be decided on uh, points from the Belgian Grand Prix. That was farcical. And then equally, if Hamilton wins, it would be like, well, Hamilton took him out uh, it's Silverstone and Bottas to, uh, you know, that's the the key moment. It will always change based on whatever happens. And it is a whole season and every single scenario matters. Every single point matters. But even like the this sprint great as well. season, yeah, and the sprint as well. But in this great season for it to come down to, like you say, Hamilton's leading and they can just pit Perez to take it off him and win the title. It's not like, like one Twitter. Yeah. Would go into an absolute meltdown. And two, it's just such a rubbish way to decide it. You do want it decided on track and it it would just be, yes, that is how it's played out. And you could argue, well, then they should have got an extra point, another race, but still it would be such a rubbish way to do it. And it does not quite keep me awake at nights, but there is going to be one point where that Wait, does decide a world twenty. That <laughs> does luck. decide a world championship, and it's going to be problematic and awful. And then, and then F one will probably do what they did with all the the sprint things and go, "Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. That is a bit rubbish, isn't it?" Um, is that how they speak so, yeah. as well? So, baby yeah. hands for team principals. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at least it's like not it. double points for the finale like we had a few years ago. That's true. I would love, I mean, in an alternate reality, just to see how things went down. If, like, for example, Verstappen was on to win the title, unless Bottas took the fastest lap away from him, and then he's and like, then Bottas refuses purple sector two, and then just slows down and says, "Thanks for the memories" or something, and then that would be it. <laughs> then, there you go, Max Verstappen world title. <laughs> oh my uh, god! You just yeah. imagine. Oh wait, you know, you told me to stop at Zambot, so I did the same thing. I slowed yeah, down I at the think... other line. Whoops, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> didn't he say it was like it was just a joke or something? <laughs> anyway, moving on from um, completely hypothetical situations. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast, a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster, and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, let's get back to the podcast. So, mine is about Fernando Alonso, and it is really damn impressive. And it pretty much speaks for itself, really. Fernando Alonso enters into the realms of, okay, he's still got it. You know, he's, you know, there's always questions over, especially from, you know, people like me, you've seen Michael Schumacher come back and of course, you know, fanboy, et cetera. But then to see him come back into Formula One and it was very underwhelming to say the least, but you know, his uh, 
2012 European Grand Prix podium still lives in my memory to this day. Um, but Alonso, you know, he's he was a bit slow off the marks. Obviously, Ocon won the race in Hungary and and whatnot. But Alonso, you know, is he still on a point streak? I'm not sure because I know he was posting about it on Twitter a lot recently. But I think he may have lost. <laughs> came, that. I think it came to an end in Kota. Yeah, and Kota. Yeah, but uh, but his performance this time was amazing. You know, in qualifying, he got himself in in the mix. Then, of course, got given two extra places. Then I was praying that he was going to be in ter- uh, P1 by term one, which he even said himself he was believing could happen. But then Hamilton covered it off very nicely by giving Gasly the uh, the slipstream. But uh, yeah, he's he's really shown that he's he's certainly got not only the racecraft, which we saw in Hungary fighting off Lewis Hamilton, but the pace as well. Like he's he's an old he's an older gentleman, but he he's still got that that one lap speed and that race that race pace as well. It is great to see an OAP up on the podium. Um, <laughs> obviously, joking at that. Don't take offense. And to takes your, the lead of the overtake. If you're forty, go on for now. Yeah, I mean that's all he cares about. I heard, but um, I, I love I'm, the fact the top three are him, Vettel, and Raikkonen. Like that's that's amazing. The old squad. It is. Uh, but yeah, I know that I've had my fair share of criticisms of Alonso when he announced his comeback on this podcast. We, do we need to remind you of the bet? Yeah, go on. Told me I, okay. Uh, so my uh, prediction was that Ocon would out-qualify Alonso this year. Um, and I said that if Alonso does out-qualify, uh, not out-qualify, but like, you know, outscore score, Ocon's score, points, score. Uh, that I would go into the middle of London, into Piccadilly Circus or wherever and shout, I'm sorry, Fernando, which let's be honest, is Fernando Alonso. I think if he has a middle name as well, we should extend it as much as possible. So that's, you know, I'm sorry, Fernando, James, whatever. Diaz. Alonso. Diaz, Alonso. Um, yeah. This so what, what really... are the point standings right now, Katie? Um, well, Fernando's well ahead. I think he's something like <laughs> Alonso's 17 on points seven, clear. 77 and Ocon's on 60. Oh dear. Yeah, so 17 okay, points. So, so uh, <laughs> have you booked your train into to London already, Katie? To, I think to we should do it on one of the work drinks. Get a bit of liquid courage in me. Oh, well, no, no, no. The whole I had, squad I there. Had, I had no liquid courage when I did Charles Leclerc shout out. And well, I that thought was that's your, your fault. No, 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 you, don't, you don't do it at home so that you can't even remember it. You know, that's not, I want you to feel it. And so does Tommy. You know, he wants you to feel the embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Well, I'll do it at 6am when no one's there. 6am. Um, it was still but, busy. Yeah. It being 26, I never thought that in my 26 years of living, I thought I knew myself, right? I have become a real Fernando Alonso fan this year, which I never thought was going to happen. Like, Tell me about I've it. got, uh, yeah, I, you know. I used to hate the man when he was up against Michael Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely despise him. And I don't know if... I've got this fondness for him because maybe he took that break from Formula One and maybe he got some new perspectives, but I was so happy to see him on this podium. I mean, I live with my brother who's a huge Fernando Alonso fan, so he was absolutely buzzing. Um, but yeah, like I was looking at back at images of Shumi when he found himself on that podium for the 2012 European Grand Prix, as you said. And I really hope that this Alonso moment will be one of those things that us F1 fans can look back on in a few years time and be like, God, that was a really like good, wholesome moment. Like everyone was happy to see him on that podium. Um, and I genuinely like, I think that there could be more podiums to come if Alpine managed to pull something out of the bag with these 2020 regs. So 
2020, um, we're going back a year, are we? 2022. I'm thinking about the thing in London. I just. <laughs> yeah, they were meant to be, I guess, 2020 rings, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're saving Katie. That, Katie yeah. was not thinking that at the start. <laughs> you weren't. Okay, Thanks, fair. Tommy. Um, yeah, it's, it's so good to see Fernando. I mean, I could be smug here and be like, well, it's never in doubt. Um, because you know he's an amazing no, driver, and I, I never, I never, okay, yeah, I never doubted that Alonso would absolutely uh, just be Alonso because he's Fernando Alonso, and he's one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest F1 drivers ever. And he didn't. I know there was the thing about Jeez. Schumacher, but he never, he never left motorsport, and he was always doing all these things and doing unbelievably well in everything he was racing at as well. But. um it was so good to see him back on the podium. Been waiting. Like, it's one thing I really wanted to see before this season ends. Obviously, you know, he could, might not be the last time, and I hope it's not the last time we see him uh, on the podium. But the fact, he kind of mentioned this himself, the fact that he did it as well in, yes, there was a little bit of fortunate with, with Bottas getting a puncture, but it, but it wasn't an absolutely carnage race like a, like a Hungary or a, or a Monza 2020 where, you know, he essentially in a fairly normal race with no safety cars, he he got a podium in an Alpine, which is incredible. And I watched, I, I was just watching the it back actually. His move on Gasly at the start is Ridiculous. absolutely <laughs> unreal. I, I I really want a slow mo replay of it because he hit the car. I've never seen a Formula One car on the edge of grip like that. It was twitching everywhere. And how he managed to, he, because I know he didn't go for the move. He, he unfortunately couldn't go for the move in turn one, but he still did what uh, he said he would, where he's got nothing to lose because he pretty much barged for Stappen out of the way. And then he's like, right, I'm going right around the outside of Gasly. Oh my God. So good. It's absolutely epic. Go on, you'll have a Fernando Alonso cape scene, won't you? I will. Jeez. I've got, well, I've got, I've, I'd already have some Alonso shirts. I've never seen you speak about Verstappen <clears throat> that way. Wow. Alonso oh, was yeah. my original, like, my original love, so that's why. Oh, that's why I hate you so yeah. much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question. Tony Mann, 21221627. Will Alpine be able to give Alonso a good car next year so he can fight at the front? Well, let's roll the dice, shall we? Um, Another question. Another prediction. (laughs) Prediction. Look, I think if Alonso is given a car that is really, really good, he'll be able to fight at the front. And I think he will, he, he's probably one of the best defensive drivers we've ever seen. So to be able to give him a good car and also, you know, we know from evidence of this season uh, and particularly Qatar that He's he's still very much got it, you know. Ocon, yeah, okay. Ocon, lovely man, not exactly, you know, a Leclerc or a or a Norris or even a Signs. I'm going to start putting Signs in this in this mix because Signs has been very good this year. Um, he's still, you know, Ocon still has won a race and has proved himself quite well against Perez at, uh, at Racing Point, etc. So it's a decent-ish back benchmark for a, for an old man, and he's now doing really really well against him. So yeah, why not? Yeah, Alpine, I feel like Alpine more than any other team, uh, Not, I wouldn't say like completely sacrificed it, but they're always thinking about that next rule change. That's why, if anything, Ricardo went there in the first place, which seems like a lifetime ago now, but with with the rule change in mind, and that's why Fernando came back, because it was, 
you know, he did, he clearly, and he's been very vocal about it. He doesn't like uh, the current era of Formula One where uh, until this year, at least Mercedes won every single race one, two, and you can't compete. And he was very vocal about that when he was at McLaren, you know, what, what can I do at least back in another era I could, could compete. But so he's come back with that in mind and Alpine have more than any other team, I feel have, really not cared too much about this year and it's all focus on next year and and the big rule change um so yeah i mean i'd absolutely love it if they they had a good a good car because i think alonso would be challenging for wins and podiums if he had a had a car to to do it but i mean alpine would absolutely have taken if if they have put all their effort into next year they'd have absolutely taken fifth in the in the constructors championship and got a win this season and a podium um but yeah i think they're a team that have really just completely their their whole focus is on this new regulation change which sometimes works but also we've seen that go very very wrong in the past before with the likes of bmw sauber and things where they've (laughs) sacrificed their car to to do next year's car and then it's still not been very good so we shall see again it's one of those questions that we don't know until we get there but um the evidence is that in theory they should be better because they've put more effort into that new regs yeah i mean alpine have had such an up and down year this year one racetrack like i know that they did particularly well in qatar this weekend because they gambled on the one stop um, compared to their rivals but they've gone from looking competitive one weekend to literally being nowhere the next um, but one of the I guess positives that maybe Alpine slash Renault will have is that they just can look after themselves now they're not supplying any other teams with power units etc it's just they can be in their own little bubble and focus on that and hopefully that will be beneficial for them in the 2022 regs. They'd have to deal with Christian Horner. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast. A very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. If you're ready for an out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. So what are you waiting for? You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Trust me, your body will thank you. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Right, now it's time for me and Tommy. <laughs> it's run time. Me and Tommy to go take a, a nice sort of 10 to 15 minute toilet break as Katie comes in with her three word rant review, race review. <laughs> good i like it um so my free word race review is disappointing decision making and this is of course an fia rant of course why wouldn't it be um hopefully i won't get an official warning like christian horner did 
for basically bad-mouthing the FIA and the stewards and the marshalling, um, which was quite interesting seeing that decision document pop up saying, call to the stewards, Christian Horner. Um, but as I've said many times on this podcast, I, I can sympathise with the stewards a lot and Michael Massey, the race director. You know, we're at the end of a triple header. I'm sure the stewards and the FIA are just as tired as everyone else working in the sport. You know, one steward had to leave on Friday, so they had to bring in a substitution and that can affect things. But Like a cover I, teacher in a, in a primary yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this week... Like, there's just been so many criticisms, not just from little old Katie having a rant in her flat in, you know, near Brighton. It's like drivers are now beginning to question the consistency. Um, Obviously, we had the... Verstappen, um, Hamilton, right of review that was brought up by Mercedes on Tuesday. And then that was meant to be kind of decided on Thursday. And then they said, we're going to leave it overnight and come back tomorrow morning. Um, And then after the driver's briefing, you've got people like George Russell, who's a director of the GPDA saying that no outcome came from that driver's briefing and that they have like the rules of racing are becoming very much blurred lines and what they can and what they can't do. George said to the race, Um, For me, Verstappen's defence against Hamilton was well beyond the line. If this was the last lap of the race, that would have been a slam dunk penalty in my mind for Max. Um, And that... That whole scenario and having the Let's drivers. Let's not forget George be- Russell as well. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But though, it's yeah. George Russell, you know, taking him away from that Mercedes link. You know, he is a director of the GPDA, and his opinion is especially important because of that role. Um, but so many of the drivers were also in agreement, saying basically, there's no consistency here. You keep saying that you've got you know rules for this and rules for that, but they're changing every other weekend. And then, sorry, I've literally made bullet points for this. Um, and then we can talk about qualifying and the whole blimmin' flag issue. Obviously, I do think that Verstappen and Bottas were right to have been penalised. You know, if you see a red flag, you know something's not right. If you see a double yellow, you know to slow, to stop, all that kind of stuff. Like If you literally that's... see a car on the straight, you exactly. probably should slow down. Yep. Take a leaf out of Fernando. A leaf out of Fernando Alonso's book. I think that's another saying I've just made up, but a, a page out of Fernando Alonso's book um, in that you see a car stopped. Maybe you should slow down because you don't know what's going on. Um, so I do agree with <laughs> no, the penalty. open DRS and drive yeah. towards the line. <laughs> but before Verstappen got there, obviously he was the last on the track. So he maybe, you could call it unlucky, was the one that was dealt with the marshal who was waving the double yellows. Um, But in terms of consistency, once again, there seemed to be absolutely nothing there. Sebastian Vettel was going past panels that were flashing yellow, but then they disappeared when other cars came about. Seb seemed to be one of the only people as well that had yellow flags come up on his steering wheel, his dash. Um, And Michael Massey said about this that, the flag marshals are the ones that are responsible for both the physical flags and the light panels and not race control, which is fair enough. Although he said race can control can overrule it. Um, and then he said that if the um, marshals deem that it's a single or a double yellow flag, it's up to those officials to determine that. And they judge what they see before them. And I can appreciate as well that where Gasly stopped in qualifying was 
possibly between Marshall posts. So you might have group A that think this is definite double yellow situation. And then group B might think actually it's only single yellow because of you know these reasons. So I can see where there's some complication, but that was just messy and shouldn't be happening. You know, you can look at all the excuses, but the bottom line is consistency is key. Um, and then we were still waiting for an update on the provisional starting grid, which by regulation should have been at least four hours before the start of the formation lap. We got that 75 minutes before lights out and we got a final starting grid 50 minutes before lights out, which was even amended to sort places for Bottas and Science. Like, because they got that wrong. Yeah. And I forget, maybe it was Sky that said this or I heard it somewhere who said that the FIA aren't responsible for publishing the provisional and the final starting grids, which, you know, okay, fair enough. But why was like, how has it got to the point where you put a provisional starting grid out and then we've got Ferrari and Mercedes arriving for that P5 or P6 slot? I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head. And then going, well, we're here. And then someone else going, no, actually, we're here. Like, it <laughs> shouldn't be happening, like, literally an hour before before lights out. So it's just, just disappointing, as I said in my three-word race review, that there were just several instances where these inconsistencies that we've been going on about all season have come to light. And, like, I think there's a, co- a question that's going to be asked about it, but Christian Horner is somebody who likes to run his mouth anyway. I'm not saying the guy is shy of being controversial, but he obviously was not happy about this rogue marshal, as he called it, who was why he, he said Verstappen got this penalty. Um, but I can see that, you know, Christian Horner and others in the championship are getting a bit tired of having the rules change depending on what the weather's like outside, you know, like all these variables that there, there doesn't seem to be any kind of like nice joining of dots. Everything's very sporadic and different. And I mean, it's just me going on another rant, isn't it? But uh, it's just beyond frustrating. There you go. Well, there you go. Going to get my have official a, document in. <laughs> have a nice swig of water there, Katie. Thanks. Uh, I got a, a nice it. big... Fair, <laughs> if you've got like four litres of water in there, that looks like the biggest this cup in the a world. a pint. A pint I'm of water. I'm so jealous. I've got small glasses since I've moved house. Anyway... Yeah, a lot to digest from uh, Katie's Katie's rant there. But, um, I mean, it's just an absolute circus, isn't it, really, Formula One at the moment in terms of decision-making and stewards and whatnot. We never had this with Charlie Whiting, really, not not at least in the public eye, and it all very much seemed like F1 was regimented and had an idea. You know, there were mistakes, obviously, that crop up, but it was quickly resolved, and we didn't have any sort of lasting, lingering taste going into the next race that, you know, they wouldn't be able to then deal with whatever they uh, had in the future. So... For me, I, I, it's, it's an absolute miracle that Michael Massey is still in his job, in my opinion. Um, you know, I know it's not just solely down to him, but we've had so, so many incidents over the last God knows how many races. And it's just, it's just not, it's just not um, feasible. It's not acceptable uh, that Formula One can have these holes in the sport that is such a dangerous sport anyway. And to not have that consistency is, will be a danger in the future as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's disappointing, as you say, Katie. And you know, it's something needs to change. It needs to be tightened up, however that is. And you mentioned like tiredness. Like tiredness shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be a factor. It should be a you know, if that is the case, there needs to be more of a rolling. As much as we need stewards that are the same, because then it's consistent. 
you, you also can't have at the same time people who are tired making wrong decisions because that will eventually be catastrophic. So yeah, something needs to change. Yeah, I was I mean, we'll go into the Horner comments and what happened in qualifying, I think, in the in the next question. So I'll just go on about the whole we will. Des- decision, uh the decision making stuff. But yeah, I mean it's absolutely ridiculous that a sport can have things decided and and it's happened so much recently. I think I even said myself, the cynic in me thinks that it's just playing to this whole uh drive to survive drama where they want Formula One in the news as much as possible, to drag out as long as possible and have us talking. But even even in Brazil, you know, we shouldn't have gone into free practice two without knowing what was happening we didn't eat we we did uh fp1 didn't we in qatar before we even found out what was happening with the verstappen thing in brazil I yeah believe. the right to review thing. yeah right to review yeah. so that was so we'd, we'd had a had a thing then um and then and then this this whole incident you could see you could even watch it uh on twitter or f1 tv or whatever you could watch what happened in qualifying and again, it's a case of no, uh, we'll do it tomorrow. And then it took so long that it it gets decided just before the race. Um, where oh no, right like, to review. Sorry, Tommy. Right to review was done on the Thursday because that was when they had the um, the press conferences for the team principals, didn't they? And they did it during that's on that. Fridays. Oh, was that Friday? No, it's on Friday. Yeah. So it was, Friday. After, it was after the sessions. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was meant to be. They had. <laughs> no. I know. Yeah, they had uh, the guys come in on Thursday to the stewards' office, and then because oh, yeah, I think they got themselves into such a pickle of deciding, <laughs> can you actually? Uh, appeal something that was never fully investigated they probably had to go back and flick through every single page of the rule book to be like can can we actually do this but but the thing is with friday the thing is with f1 i know it's very different to other sports but in in other sports you have to make a decision and i guess you could you could argue that when they're watching a decision, what 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 are they actually getting from having a representative come in from the team or the driver? Ever? Because of course they're just going to argue that they didn't do it. So why can't they just make the decision anyway? Like it, it just I don't understand why these decisions. Yeah, are taking like twenty four hours now, and it seems to be taking it seems to be getting worse than better uh, now that these decisions are lingering on so long i don't I w- it wouldn't surprise me i think i saw uh, alex jake's reply to your tweet where matt that you said something along the lines of uh in in what was it two weeks oh, time so three weeks two, time three weeks time we'll know who the champion is. and yeah. alex jake's reply saying will will we because <laughs> knowing the way the season's going they'll probably uh, we'll find out just, Christmas well, Day yeah. when we we're opening our presents, and then or maybe after FP one in Bahrain twenty 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 two, we'll find out who the champion is Bahrain twenty twenty two or something instead because uh, the stewards have gone on holiday or something. I don't know. It just needs hurrying up. Really, the whole process is annoying, and and maybe changing of the processes as well because there's not many sports. If well, I mean, I don't watch every sport in the world, but 
I hate to use this kind of example, but you know, you can't, you don't go home from a football game wondering who won, or you don't go home from a cricket match wondering who yeah. won. I mean, I don't know the cricket rules so much, but maybe you do. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's you, it does you go home wondering who won from cricket because you don't know the rules and you're like, yeah. who yeah, won? I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, that's just me not being able to read the score. Um, but it, as much as they want to drag it out and lots of conversations and whatnot, I don't know if that's good for the sport in a lot of ways, you know, because a lot of the conversations that happen are just arguments between people rather than like good, healthy debates or anything that really puts the sport in good light. So, you know, I know that at the same time they have to make the right decision, but, you know, some of the things, for example, not having Max Verstappen's on board in Brazil, you know, things like that, that you just think, why is that not readily available to the stewards when it's happening? But, you know, we've already discussed that either or let's just just be better. I think that should be that should have been three word race review. Um, question San Mir Man. Horner was a little bit harsh on the marshal who was weaving, weaving the yellow flags, waving the yellow flags as a result of the miscommunication between race control and the marshal. But I think he had a point there. Uh, I mean, Tom has already said that Christian Horner does not hold back, or maybe it was Katie, I can't remember who said that, but um, doesn't hold back uh, on what he thinks. And he came out and obviously apologised, but in a way he kind of apologised that they took it badly rather than actually apologising. Yeah. Did you notice that? It's like, well, I'm sorry if he misinterpreted that way, you know, and it's just like... It's, it's like I'm sorry you I got just, offended yeah, my offensive saying. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and obviously the FIA came came out and supported the marshal completely and. You know, I don't, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I think that it's just another thing to put into the whole scenario. But at the same time, if they're waving a yellow flag, you abide by those rules. That like Even if there is a small bit of, you know, the, the thing is as well, the marshals can't act on, um, so they have to act on their instincts and be like, right, well, there's a danger there. I, I should wave a yellow. Yes, the, the processes within it should, should improve, clearly, because there was a miscommunication, whatever. But if the marshal suspects danger, they will throw a yellow flag. That's just that's just the way their job goes. So to blame the marshal for Verstappen not abiding by the rules? Mm. No, not for me. No, he should, they shouldn't have blamed the marshals. I, I think he's got a point in terms of how the whole process was done. I mean, we, we've seen a video of it and like you say, Vettel is getting a thing on his steering wheel. Uh, someone wasn't, someone got, light panels someone didn't get light panels someone got and it's all for the same incident um and even even at the end with uh nicholas latifi's puncture it was going green yellow green yellow vsc like the whole thing is quite concerning how long it takes for them to make a like decision and uh, it's worrying how indecisive these decisions are because you know, if Latifi is off the track and in a dangerous place, throw the virtual safety car. We saw it in Baku, didn't we, where Leclerc was saying it was an absolute joke how long it took for the virtual safety car when Max is stood on the straight as cars are going past at 200 miles an hour. Uh, and all it takes is for them to have a puncture as well. And they're going into the side of him. And, you know, it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, he definitely wasn't right to blame the marshal, but. It, it it did sort of highlight a bit of the the silly process of um the the way they just yeah press if it's the case of pressing the button to put all the light panels on and commit to a yellow flag if anything um they kind of messed up i wonder if it was the faa trying to mess up and didn't want to interrupt the session 
that actually ended up being in the first place because I don't really understand why it wasn't yellow. Like, why why wasn't it yellow? Why was it the marshal doing the yellows? Like, surely Gasly's car is a hazard. Yeah, but I but, guess they then judged that oh, it's out of the way enough or whatever. But and I'm, I mean, yeah. this could be a complete guess, but obviously we've never raced in Qatar before. It could be marshals that aren't too familiar with the rules and regulations. It might be a first time that they're marshalling. I mean, I mean if that's the case. F1's in big trouble, you know, because yeah, that, but they're that all volunteers. Be... They come yeah, from they everywhere around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they like have they to be have trained, a don't circuit. they? It's not yeah, like they I, give I, them a flag I... and go, "Here, mate, <laughs> onto <laughs> your marshal <laughs> post. <laughs> Wave whatever <laughs> colour you, you like." Think. Yeah, um, but it, it could be a genuine possibility that maybe they were slightly underconfident with what they were doing, and you know that's why it took so long. But I do agree that some of the yellow flags um, and things were not not as they should have been. Um, one thing as well that I've just thought of while we were having a rant, um, what the hell was Mick Schumacher doing at the end of the race when he rejoined the track? Why was that not investigated? That was some of the most dangerous driving I've seen all season. Yes, Whoa, it happened okay, to be... that's a big statement. Leave he my boy Mick out of this. He literally joined in front of Fernando Alonso, come straight back onto the track at like crossing over Alonso's path. I, it might have been that maybe things like this happen frequently and we don't see it because, you know, we're not looking at onboards of the back of the grid, but the fact that that was just like, Oh, mix like nearly wiped out Alonso on his way to the uh, checkered flag. Uh, next thing. Like nobody seemed to care. I thought it yeah, was they so, probably had so much going on that they're like, you know, what, so much, like, yeah, yeah. it shouldn't be a, an excuse. <laughs> if you drive dangerously. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah, drive it, dangerously, it should have been a black be and white flag to be honest for there me. Because, he didn't. He didn't force Alonso off the track. Yeah, there was a bit of you know. Clearly, he came back on the track, didn't look, and joined Way the racing line. And it was it was bad, hundred percent. Um, but I think yeah, the stewards probably were just like, well, we're not actually going to fully penalise him. A black and white. <laughs> so that's loud. Black and white yellow flag. I've had a busy flag. day. <laughs> yeah, just let. I don't want any more paperwork. I'm done. But I do agree. It was a bit strange that they didn't even like note it. You know, at least a little noted, but. Uh, and Alonso didn't wave his hand or anything because he was too busy trying to hold off Perez, I guess. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Yes, it was. Yes. Okay, I don't know if you want to say anything. <laughs> Sorry. Else, no. Okay, cool. Right, uh, next question. George underscore, underscore Tucker 4. Will Pirelli investigate the tyres at this race and take similar action as to what they did after Silverstone 2020? Well, Mario Sola's come out and basically said that uh, they need to understand it more, don't they, Katie? You, you sent me that quote over very nicely uh, uh, at the early hours of this morning. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's just going to be an investigation, of course, because of the way in which the tyres let go. It wasn't like the teams had any warning, apart from Lando managed to get away with it, didn't he? But um, the rest of them, obviously, it just, it, it just failed straight away. So they are going to investigate as to why they did what they did. I think it's quite obvious that it's a combination of where going over the curbs and you know you, you you watch the onboard of latifi for example you know he hits an exit curb in a straight in a you know not a strange way but in a way in which you can see that there could be some sort of cut caused by that uh combine that with where of course and you know how many laps a lot of the drivers had done um you know it's, it clearly was a perfect storm for for tires to, to give way and, and maybe also the expectations that some teams thought they could get away with it you know pirelli did come out and say that a one-stop shouldn't be taken because of the fact that they they thought the tyre wear was going to be quite high. And of course, they have to guess as well. You know, Pirelli are going there for the first time ever, so they will have to investigate it so that if they do go back there one day, but probably not, um, that it doesn't happen again. 
Yeah, so ready for uh, rant 2.0. Oh, God, um, put your feet up. Is... <laughs> it will be a quick rant. Basically, I think that it's blimmin' cheeky of certain drivers, <clears throat> Lando Norris, to have a go at Pirelli when McLaren and uh, Mercedes and that went against the advice of Pirelli, the literally the sole tyre supplier of Formula One. They said, we advise you don't do a one-stop because we've done all these simulations. We've got all this telemetry, all this data. We know that the track, you know, with the sand, it might make the conditions slightly different. The uh, being under floodlights and the track temperature could affect things. Um, what else is there? They gave a load of reasons. The track itself, we saw it, it was an absolute car killer. And they said, don't do a one-stop. And so the F1 teams went, do you know what? I'm going to do a one-stop. And then get throw their toys out the pram when they get punches. Obviously, punches shouldn't really be happening. But if you wear your tyres down enough, it happens. And you can't be there, you know, slating, the F1, uh, slating Pirelli um, when you have literally gone against their recommendations. Um, it worked out for some teams. We saw that with Alpine um, and a few others. But, you know, <laughs> you can't really, you haven't, in my opinion, you're playing yeah. Russian roulette and you're lost. So I agree. I agree with you there. <laughs> the, it's not, I get that, you know, the tyres, they've had a problem with tyres. But yeah, when, when Pirelli say you can't do this, this, or this is going to happen, like, not not that Pirelli said do more than 30 laps and they'll literally explode with no warning. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, they've given that recommendation for a reason and it clearly was right. Yes, you've got every right to complain from other situations where the tires went and it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't from the Pirelli's recommendation. Uh, I Baku. think like that yeah. that was back here, wasn't Baku, it? Right? Yeah. Yeah, back yeah. So um, but with this, don't do more than 30 laps on the tires. Bottas did 35 laps on the tire and it exploded. 33, kind of a... wasn't it? Uh, he 33? had used tires. It was 35 tire length because he, he started unused. Oh, maybe it was lap 33 and yeah. Lap 33. Gotcha. Yes. Saving me again. Thank you, Katie. Saving each other today. Oh, you too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, if, if you go against it, it, it's the risk you're taking. Yeah. I mean, for, uh, uh, Alpine played it perfectly because they, from the very start of the race, they decided to do a one stop. But at the end of the day, if Alonso had, uh, had got a puncture, we'd be absolutely heartbroken, but it would be a case of, oh, they knew what was happening and they took that risk themselves. And if it didn't pay off, it doesn't pay off. That That's Formula One. It's risk versus reward. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't go against what what's been said and then go oh, oh. Like, oh the tires did explode like you said oh Never mind. you did say it but you know yeah, yeah but we carried on uh, and it, it clearly didn't work for a lot of teams that then realised that Alpine were doing the right thing of doing a one stop but you had to do it early you had to be saving the tires from lap one not halfway through the race deciding oh, actually yeah one stop would be better and then yeah. just going until the tires pop. Drive to the tyres explode. That's a popular Formula One game challenge. Um, <laughs> at Liam Esk UK, would you be happy for F1 to return to the sales circuit in 2023, or would you prefer to go to another track in Qatar? I think it was better than expected. 
Obviously, turn one gave us a lot of action, a few different lines you could take through there. The rest of the circuit was pretty much single file, apart from you know, there was a move or two into turn six. And obviously, Ocon trying to keep Perez back as well gave us a little bit of action. But I'm not going to lose sleep if we don't see another sales circuit again on the F1 calendar. You know, it didn't really bring a huge amount. Obviously, qualifying was cool to watch. I think the F1 drivers enjoyed it because it was so flowing and so many high speed corners. But no, no. I, 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 I don't mind as long as it's not like an Abu Dhabi we eventually go to instead like you know oh let's go to Yas Marina circuit version instead no I like the fact it was high speed and whatnot but maybe it needs tweaking that would be another way maybe to make it more F1 friendly a few more hard breaking zones and, and whatnot maybe to change turn one into I was going to say more of a hard breaking zone but then it's basically Bahrain so I don't know there's things that I think can be tweaked 100% with more with more time yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one because we don't know what this new Qatar circuit could look like that we're meant to be going to from 2023. So like you say, if it if we get the option of some really boring looking, maybe, you know, Tilka designs it and it's like, oh, another Tilka track that looks exactly the same as like the last five that he's designed, then I would be happy to stick uh, with the La Salle circuit that we raced on this weekend. Guaranteed it didn't provide us with you know, the most phenomenal racing action that we could have had. But like you say, it wasn't a terrible Grand Prix, in my opinion. Certainly, like, in the middle kind of area of the Grand Prix we've had this year. I mean, we've had so many that they're kind of all blurring into one at this point. But, um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, and the drivers absolutely loved it. Like, Pierre Gasly has said it's one of his top five F1 circuits ever, which is quite a bold claim to make. But maybe that was before uh, he literally shattered his front wing and got himself a puncher. So. <laughs> what were you going to say then? Shattered. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, don't, don't apologise. It's my my terrible brain. Yeah, it's, it, it, I can see why the F1 drivers like it, though. It's because they can absolutely throw the car in completely on the limit. So much high speed. Like I can imagine even... It probably took them a little bit by surprise with how quickly you could go the entire circuit. I think the average speed is like 254 kilometers an hour or something. So clearly very fun. Yeah, I, li- I liked it. It's a bit different to a lot of other tracks. It's not it's not doing the the, the Tilka F1 formula um, of like, circuit has to be this way. Um, and like you say, it wasn't the greatest race in the world, but um, you, you could argue that there's a lot based on circumstance you can't always judge uh something based on on one race but in my opinion i wouldn't be against them uh carrying on racing there rather than building an entire new track which again is going to will be no doubt a street circuit and probably look quite similar to a lot of other tracks um but at the end of the day it doesn't matter what we think because there's absolutely no way (laughs) they're not going to build a brand new track uh in the center um of doha is it yeah um yeah the capital and uh do that instead um but i personally would like to see them race there again but it's not gonna happen your influence tommy is enormous (laughs) oh yeah definitely on twitter Uh, right. Uh, next question. Adam Hess. What do you think has gone wrong wrong for McLaren? They haven't been the same team since Russia at all. It's a good question. Uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem well. I mean, Lando was there or thereabouts this weekend. Danny Rick's certainly not. 
Um, but yeah, they just seem to have fallen away a little bit. Maybe they've just kind of, you know, that's their package and, and, and sort of look into next year. But I mean, their fight with Ferrari is pretty much over now, to be honest with you. So unless something crazy happens in the next two races, uh, it's weird, you know, they just seem to have fallen off a little bit. You know, it's always been toing and throwing between Ferrari and McLaren all year, but it seems as though Ferrari certainly have the upper hand now. Um, obviously Lando would have had an amazing result had it not been for the tyre uh, going, but at the same time, that's down to strategy and it, it wasn't going to work, so the tyre was giving way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an odd one, really, because we thought that that fight would go down to the wire. Yeah, for, for me, I think, I don't think McLaren have got bad. I just don't think they're actually taking the points. Like, I mean, I looked at it, they've, they've scored four points in the triple header. With both Cardo cars, hasn't scored at all in a triple yeah, header. Four points with both cars, and they're all wow. Lando. Um, but I don't think it's a case that the car's terrible. I think it's a case that the reason they've been ahead of Ferrari, I think, is because they were like maximizing points. We all know how amazing Lando's start to the season was, um, which is mad because I was looking at the championship. And it's not out of the question that Lando could end up finishing seventh in this championship. Wow. Which when we were not too long ago, I feel like maybe Monza, we were still having the question of can Lando finish third in the championship and he could legitimately finish seventh now. It's pretty great. One point ahead of Leclerc. Yeah, exactly. So it could easily be done, but I think it's more McLaren making mistakes, uh, you know, drives and team. You had you had Ricardo, his incident in Mexico where he wiped out Bottas, uh, and you know he's there with Bottas, so he didn't obviously. The car's not slow if he's up there with the Mercedes to take it out. <laughs> uh, Lando in Brazil as well. He was up there. He was going past the Ferraris, but got a puncture. Uh, the puncture in Qatar. He was ahead of both um, Ferraris again. So. I don't think it's a case where like the car's woeful. They're just not getting good results. And whether that's a, a bit of, you know, bad luck from punctures or as, as Katie said, you know, pushing the tires too much when probably told you not to. Um, and then also that very bizarre fuel incident that Ricardo had uh, in the race as well. Wait, I'll let you go into that. Cause you wrote the uh, article I'm assuming Katie. Uh, yeah, so essentially Ricardo was told from the very first lap that he had a fuel warning on the dash yesterday, um, but he ignored it because it's strange to get it that early. Um, but he was told very early to save fuel um, and he apparently was saving it so much to a point where the tyres got cold and the brakes got cold, which um, at times made him two seconds a lap slower. So pretty much a triple headed to forget for Daniel Ricardo. Um, like you say, there were... But then it was a lie, wasn't it? Like it, he didn't need to, it was a problem with the... The computer. I think so. I think it was yeah. probably like a software issue. You know, sometimes so you didn't actually need. Car. You didn't actually need to the whole no. race. No, but I so. guess it's better to be safe than sorry. If you get some good points and then get disqualified or something, but yeah, it is unfortunate. Weird, no, but but I'd, I'd argue it's the other way around. Like you know, you filled up the car. Just just go for it. You know, like, <laughs> like if you're not going to score points because you're two seconds a lap slower, surely there's no. Yeah, but really Formula One going. teams like to listen to computers more than sense a yeah. lot of time, don't they? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the person, Adam Hess, who asked the question, 
mentioned that they haven't been the same team since Russia. And it could be complete coincidence, but obviously McLaren's biggest rivals this year, Ferrari, brought in a updated F1 hybrid system at Russia. So it could well be that maybe they've not been the same team because Ferrari, evidently this new package that they've bought is exceptionally strong and they're doing really well and picking up those positions that maybe McLaren could have benefited from beforehand. It might just be coincidence, um, but I think that there is some part to play in the fact that uh, Ferrari have secured this new package of, of stuff and it's working out well for them. Lovely stuff. Well done, Ferrari. You've done you've done well. I love it. It's like, yeah, they've they've improved a huge amount since Russia and they're still a million seconds off the pace of Red Bull and, and Mercedes. Well, Baby more, steps. More Hamilton and uh, <laughs> Hamilton and Verstappen. But uh, that's true. ABCDF one time. Let's do Yay. it. Press the button or don't. Put the audio in or don't. Who knows? Will Tommy remember this time or will you hear this audio? <laughs> right. Here we go then. A, B, C, D, E, F, one time. Lewis Hamilton. A star. A star. A star. A star from the fans too. Valtteri Bottas. Got mugged off by Mercedes, mm-hmm. but also crapped himself at the start. <laughs> And that's the musical of ABCDF1. Thank you so much. ABCDF1, the musical. Uh, (laughs) I think it is a C just scraped. Yeah. C, yeah. Yeah. And a C from the fans. We're still there. Can we do it this week? Will it be agreement week this week? (laughs) Max Verstappen, A. 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 You delayed there, Katie. I thought you weren't going to uh, agree with that one. A from the fans as well. Sergio Perez. B. B just. B, B, B. Okay, just. Why do you say just? Because his qualifying was appalling, which put him on the back foot. But I think he would have... Yeah, he actually got through the pack very quickly as well. Not as quick as Max, but quickly better than Bottas. Um, certainly better than Bottas. Uh I think he was a bit unfortunate not to get third because uh well probably without the virtual safety car. Um and I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised yeah. genuinely as well that they didn't stretch out Prez's stint longer because he's Mr. Mr. Tires. Yeah. So yeah. Well, didn't work, but I'm sure <laughs> Red Bull, I mean Red Bull are clearly just thinking about the drivers aren't they so they are yeah. they are absolutely uh, a b from the fans as well lando norris of course was running in a very strong position then had to pit with his uh tire deflating i think that's a, a b gone for a b as well yeah b as well and the fans gave him a b we're still there five from five daniel ricardo of course as you just mentioned his problem caused him to be quite a way off the pace but also knocked out in Q2, it's going to have to be a D. D, yeah. Yeah, I've gone for a D. Yeah, you're wincing there, Katie. Uh, and a D from the fans <laughs> as well. Uh, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc, he finished P8 behind Carlos Sainz. It's a B. Yeah, because, yeah, 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 B. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, he had the, uh, the a B crack. For both the uh, drivers, to be fair. didn't he? Yeah. I think it's a B for both Ferraris. They finished 1.2 seconds apart. Yeah. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And a B from both the fans as well. We're still there. We're through Ferrari, guys, and we've agreed. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Vettel, he finished a lovely, Hence. lovely P10, as you say. Um, I think that's a B. Yeah, B. Could have been yeah. even more. Oh, my God, he was still going. punted, wasn't he? And well, he was, he was down in 17th at the start. That's I a think good the point, fact yeah. That got, the fact that he got a point is very impressive. It's very, very impressive. Why was he down to 17th at the start? Uh, I think it was... Um, he got, was he, he just one got, of the guys that got run wide? By... Yeah, he got caught out at the start. I think it might have even been Bottas's yeah. poor start that made Vettel run wide. And he just yeah. had an absolute shocker and dropped all the way to the back. Interesting. Uh, Lance Stroll, a P6 for the lad. A. Definitely an A, yeah. Great drive. Yeah. And the fans gave him an A as well. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're halfway through the grid. Halfway, and we've agreed the entire yeah. way. Uh, Pierre <laughs> Gasly finished 11th after starting on the front row of the grid. This might be where we disagree. Mm-hmm. I think that is... I've gone for a C. Oh, okay, yeah, no C. <sighs> I've gone for a C. Oh, God. It's saved. Wait, wow. the, did the fans agree, though? Uh, the fans did agree. C. Okay. Right 11 out of 11. Yuki Sonoda, he finished 13th. It's a C. It's a C. C. Oh, my God. It's a C from the fans God. as well. I'm going to cry. Fernando Alonso, A star. That's surely another a one. A star, definitely. Oh, my God. Okay. Esteban Ocon finishes P5. I think that's an A. A. An A. Oh, my God. An A from the fans as well. I think it's... Wait. Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi finished 14th and 15th. Surely that's a pair of C's. Pair of C's. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Uh, wh- wait, where did, where did they finish? 14th and 15th together yeah, as yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pair of C's. Pair of C's oh my yeah. God. And the pair of C's from the fans as well. George Russell, he finished 17th. It's a C because Williams are nowhere. Yeah, C. C. Oh my God. The fans gave him a C as well. Nicholas Latifi, he he didn't finish because he blew up with his his, his tire. I think it's a C. <laughs> He's scraping a C. He scrapes it, Tommy. He has to scrape it. <laughs> Come on. No, can he? No, can I give him a C? Yes, he 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 was. I've... I originally, on my notes, I put D and then I scribbled it out and I did put C. So I'm sticking with C. Okay. 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 All right. Go on. Come on. And and it was a C from the fans as well. Well, We're not going to agree on the Mazepin grade (laughs) for fans, are we? Um, He finished 18th, two laps down. Um, C. He's... Yeah, it's really difficult to grade him because he had no running. We'll give him a C for that. Wow, oh my God, we yeah. again. And the fans yeah. gave him an F, him an F. Wow. And finally, Mick Schumacher is getting a solid A from me. One lap down, 16th, beats George Russell. He now, beat George Russell? Yes. Let's open the oh. debate. He was with he was literally with the Alfa Romeos and, and Yuki Sonoda. <sighs> I'm pretty sure. He was like within a couple of seconds for a lot of the race. If that isn't an A performance in a literal tractor, I don't know what is. He's getting a B from me. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> uh, mainly because 
Yeah, I mean, and he's he's beaten the. the he was two tenths off getting wheels. into Q two. Mm, I can't give him an A. No, I think an A has got an A has got to be saved for when he finished he ahead like of George Russell, who had a puncher. Yeah, and I can't believe it's literally the last one. He <laughs> made up all of that time. I don't care. You beat I've George gone Russell. for a. I've gone for a B. Oh, fine. I will change my grade. <laughs> you actually. Don't have to. No, it's fine. It, it, I, I said A, and I was like, "That's a bit audacious, Matt." It's because he's got Schumacher in his name, but it was a very good performance, <laughs> and it was a high B. Yeah, just hide the Schumacher. We will. Yeah, don't look at my background. Okay, fine. It's a B. It's a B from all of us, which means we've agreed on the entirety of this ABCDEF <laughs> one grading, and the fans gave Mick Schumacher a C, so they can jog on. Uh, um, why would so you give Mick Schumacher a C? That's shocking from the fans, right? Wow, goodness me. What do we do now? I don't know what happens. We've all agreed. Is, is that the end of the podcast forever now? If we finish, is it like yeah. completed? Yeah, it, yeah. We don't, do, we don't do one for the rest of the season. So no one will ever know what we think about the championship winner. Someone said in the Team WTF1 chat, Chris Hammersley, can Matt's voice get any higher? Yes, it can. <laughs> you didn't see yeah. the watch, you watch along, along. <laughs> Yeah. He's gone. Pole. Uh, predictions for the Qatar Grand Prix. Oh, what? <laughs> Oh, I forgot about this. You didn't put in your predictions last time. Wow. And then so your internet went, so me and Katie filled it in as on the podcast. As if you didn't ask me, and no. you just instead you filled it in to Mazepin wins. It's because we only and got Mercedes to... and Red Bull's slowest two cars on pace. <laughs> I forgot that, uh, yeah, it was literally when we got to it, we're like, oh, there's no, wait, actually. You're an absolute disgrace. To be fair, you might want to do your... your Next race as well. Oh, yeah, my, <laughs> before we, yeah. So, Tommy, tell us your two predictions uh, really slowly. Mine was Hambotver, which didn't happen, and Gasly, best of the rest. Which you Thank could you. argue for Quali. Yeah, yeah. and, and I'll I will. Let you have that one. <laughs> yeah. Every point counts. Uh, so, I went for issues with tyres, which aged like fine wine, um, and Norris top five result, which. Which didn't happen because no. issue with tyres. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, actually, <laughs> well, it could be no. Quality. Yeah, it could be quali. Uh, result. Mm, result. Result in quali. That's technically a result. Result. Yeah, I guess we, it is. We always say to be vague with these, and I was vague, and it worked in my favour. Did he get the top five after the penalty? Because you could say Gasly best of the rest wouldn't count necessarily for right, what are you trying right now i'm back because <laughs> uh, i've done my predictions what are you trying to what are you trying to get uh, uh katie's mm, arguing norris top five result chuck on in qualifying result. no oh, don't no no, no, no if no. i if i Where can't get norris qualifying? top five results Where does then it say tommy can't have gasly best of the rest what, what, where, right, I literally went away for two seconds to do my prediction for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, and you've given yourself points for Gasly, best of the rest, Tommy. Yeah. And you're going <laughs> to get in the bin. Tommy, you have zero points. Hambot Vern, no. Gasly, best of the rest, no. Sorry. Um, and Katie, Half issued point. Tires, that's correct. And Norris, top five result, no. Jog on. Well done, Katie. One point. Congratulations. <laughs> the fans, Alan Giola. Hamilton takes the lead of the Drivers' Championship. No. Mm-hmm. King Con 74453772. Return of McLaren as the third best team. Absolutely not. And make sell underscore BVB. Another Christian Horner or Toto Wolf meme will arise from the weekend. I would argue that happened. Yeah. From the, when they had their team com- press conference. And that kind of the picture of them 
having a little Barney kind of went. And just episode. and just Horner was just a meme this weekend. Yeah, I guess yeah, he's, he's a bit of a meme. Okay, cool. So that's a point. Well done. Uh, predictions for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I've gone for <laughs> one of the championship rivals makes a big mistake. What, like Spicy. Lewis Hamilton rocks like, up in an unpopular this piece of could be fashion anything, mistake? This could be anything from just a little bit of oversteer around one corner all oh, the way through to crashing well, I in can't have all, the, all, the, all the way through to uh, doing a bad tweet on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> No, we're going to keep it open. No, it's going to be it's going to be a, a mistake. It could be in free practice qualifying the race, whatever you know, a little nip of the front wing, you know, yeah, you know, whatever that you would constitute as a you know, as a big mistake from you know. Anyway, yeah. and at least two safety cars, but that can include virtual safety cars, safety cars, and any other safety cars in between that. Not that there are any. There you go. Uh, I've gone for Ferrari on the podium, and the biggest why? Try... Why is Ferrari on the podium? I want to know. Because uh, <laughs> because of your of... one championship rivals making a mistake, <laughs> okay. uh, and uh, the biggest try qualifying gap uh, to pole. Wow, basically. and and that was last time, wasn't it? That was last. It time was out. so he's got to go quicker with his the half a second clear with his spicy engine. <laughs> nice, Katie. I have gone for a slightly different one. I've said wow. that Crofty is going to say the circuit map looks like a knife or a hair grip on the comms. I thought I'd go for something a little bit different. He kept it open with two possibilities as well. Interesting. Well, he compares it to looking like something, but I'm going to need no, people's no, no, help. Knife or hair grip, that's what you said. Knife or hair grip, but I'm going to need people's help that if he does say it, please can you tweet me because I might miss it. Okay. So I need the people's I won't help. Be. I won't be tweeting you. I, I, You're going to message Crofty and be like, do not I under do any not circumstances mention this. And then I've said Daniel Ricciardo to be best of the rest, but I'm wow. guessing that's also going to have to be in the race. because. Are you good? And we can't have his Gasly. My man hasn't scored any points in the triple header, and you're like, yeah, Daniel, it's now going to be best of the rest. That's good. I'm just going to give you zero points right now. Okay, and the fans, Daniel Skews <laughs> F1, at least two red flags. Kiz Barnabs, two, more than five DNFs, and F1 Aditya, Lance Stroll, top four finish. So basically, we've jinxed the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It's going to be it's absolutely going to be boring. Great. There's oh, going yeah, to be no boring. DNFs. No safety cars. No safety cars. No, no mistakes flags. from the championship rivals. No Ferrari on the podium. The the gap. No, the dry gap will be. But quite it will close look then. like a knife. It'll be and it'll be <laughs> and it'll be close. <laughs> anyway, right there you go. So that is pretty much it. Thank you so much to Tommy and Katie. What's your final thoughts? Who's that? I forgot. Me? I don't know. I started doing an outro. My and I was final like, thoughts. Wait. Is please buy the annual. Pretty pleased. Yeah, literally, Katie's, Katie only gets paid through annual sales. She gets one P per <laughs> sale. And Tommy? Uh, mine is F1, please stop showing the crowd when moves haven't been completed on track. It is infuriating and it's not Gogglebox, it's Formula One. I want to watch the actual on track action. And I don't mind when there's a little lull in the race and not happening, you know, show some crowd shots. FP1 go wild but when the move's not even been completed yet don't I need like to cut to the crowd they just wanted to show that people were there didn't they there was a lot mm. of shots of the crowd like look people come to this race so but when yeah, they do it, it live a lot of the time but, people don't like they don't react because they don't realize the they're same, on tv and the same hamilton fan with the dutch fans like <laughs> yeah. oh my god that shot was played about a hundred times I, I completely agree there tommy and my like, final thoughts are Saudi Arabia next time out will be fun. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you sound. That's, a, that's from my final thought. That is. I know. I thought there will be a good Tommy, race. Yeah, Tommy this, impersonation. This title is. Oh good. look, Frank's here. Look at <laughs> Frank. You doing your final <laughs> thought? He just, just creeped into the into the frame. I absolutely love that, Frank. Uh, Frank yawn. If Lewis Hamilton will be leading the championship after Saudi Arabia, yawn. If no, that still counts that's as Lewis it, Hamilton. That's it. Yeah. There, you there go. we go. Confirmed. Right. Wow. <laughs> Hamilton confirmed championship leader into the final race. There you go then. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. Hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to get involved next time uh, in the future stuff, we also put lots of stuff on social media. Big yawn from Frank again. <laughs> uh, lots of great tummy rubs from Tommy there. And uh, we will see you very soon. We're doing pretty much one video a day on the YouTube channel. So please do subscribe if you haven't already. And We'll get, oh yeah, like a thumbs up and five stars or wherever you're listening or watching and uh, we'll see you very soon. Bye!